0: which one of you is How many times do I gotta tell you? Which one of you is I am,
1: and you are
0: east and How many times do I gotta tell you? <laughs> <laughs> Sally, can you close the treasure and show us a little bit where we put the things How do I close it? So there's a rope on the wall, dude. Just pull it. Oh. Centauri, you can start rolling. The speed will show the where we can, <laughs> we can go. Good. It is a, a lot of fun to hear that clip. That was from my breakout role on the Hayswood Central stage, the role of Mr. Santoro, which if you listen to part one of this conversation with Steve Barry, we talk about that. We talk about how he brilliantly crafted uh, crafted that role. It was in, in the script, it was just, you know, very, uh, you know, it was a plot point. But uh, he, added, he made it so it was comic relief. A lot of fun. I was blessed to share the stage with Sean Shelton, and Joe Retchidera. It, it was so much fun. You hear the laughter there. It's just that's when I, I think the theater bug really really bit me. I'm just I was so blessed to have have supportive parents and it was cool to my dad to capture that, so it's you know really nice to have that clip and to share with everyone. You know, if you want to take a look at it, you can go to my YouTube page, Ken com has um is is a hub for all my social media, so go there if you would, subscribe, like all that good stuff. Also, um, sharing that stage, I think it was his debut performance as well, my buddy Corey Stoles, And Corey's just, he, many shows together, you know, many great moments growing up in the Hazelwood Central Theater, and uh, he's gone on to do great things, one of which is his interview style book, The Union of the State. It's just a, a brilliant compilation of, Of interviews with the comedy troupe The State. Some of you may have heard of them. Uh, They've gone on to do a lot of things individually. Uh, They were really big back in the 90s. Whether you're a fan of The State or not, it's a great read. You'll learn a lot about this this comedy troupe, its members, ups and downs, just a lot of drama, just a lot of heart. Corey did a wonderful job. You can find out more about him at CoreyStolz.com. Also, go back in the archives. He was a guest on the podcast. We talk about it. So check that out. Then go pick up the book, read that, and uh, enjoy. want to thank my buddy Mo Kadada of American Falafel. When you're in the University City area, or if uh, if you're out of town visiting St. Louis, go down to the Loop, check out American Falafel. He's just a little bit east of the Tivoli Theater, and uh, just wonderful food. Salads, hummus, baba ganoush. Everything made fresh, he sources his bread from Chicago, goes, picks it up, drives it down. Healthy food made from family recipes from his country of Jordan. Check out the show page for contact information as well as their website. Also want to give a big shout out to my longtime sponsor, Dr. Mark Holland. If you're in need of chiropractic care in the St. Louis area, Dr. Holland and his associates have five offices. Check them out in the show page. I'll give you contact info. Hopefully, you don't need to have your spine adjusted, but if so, give Dr. Holland a call and see how he may help you. I hope you all enjoyed part one of the conversation with Steve Barry. Here's part two. It's been a lot of fun reading the comments in the Facebook post and uh, on the message boards and how much he meant to the students of Hazelwood Central. Here he is again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the, what was the first show that you did at Central? I'll remember. The, I'll bring up the first show that I remember when I was a freshman. But
1: so the very first show that I worked on was the winter show my first year. And Zark, after working for a short period of time, and um, I guess gauging uh, who I was and my ability, um, opted to hand over the winter production contract. And he chose the show. He just asked if I'd just take it over and direct it, and that was for uh, Heaven Can Wait. Oh, Heaven Can a, Wait was the that's first a big one. Big show. Yeah, uh. yeah. Which I thought was odd because as I prepped for that, I did a little bit of research, and we had already, Hazelwood Central had already done that show not very long prior to that. I mean, it wasn't within four years. It wasn't the same group mm-hmm. of students, but they'd already done that show, and really. With the exception of um, one show that I can recall, we always did different shows. We never duplicated and redone anything, Um, at least during that span Mm -hmm. that I was there. I I never did finish, um, Ken, when we, you know, I talked about the phase one, phase Mm -hmm. two, and then the phase three of going there. And then phase four was when I got out of that. And that it was probably the most surreal aspect of it all was when I had moved into that department chairperson role. Um, I, I was now only teaching two hours a day and then I was evaluating hiring and firing teachers. Mm-hmm. I was in charge of everything in the fine arts department from visual arts to performing arts, um, and doing the budget and doing, uh, You know, you you were the first line, so to speak, of uh, responding to uh, student parent concerns and those kind of things into administration, which I had no desire to ever move on past that, which obviously eventually I did. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I said, that was never my intention or desire. It's just where I ended up. But anyway, um, so that was kind of that phase four where you kind of remove that 24 seven Interaction and responsibility of this is my slice of the pie kind of a mm-hmm. thing, and become more the baker of the whole pie. You know, as I mm-hmm. moved to the administration role, and then of course here I am in the final phase. You know, phase five, retired, mm-hmm. and and catching up, and just enjoying um, the fruits of your labor. So
0: okay. well deserved. <laughs> now no, thinking of those phases, and I think that's where I went wrong, and and that's why I love podcasts and things and conversations. With, with people on various levels. I think that's, you know, I had these phases that I knew of and that last phase, which was phase three should have been a, a couple of different phases. Cause I'm thinking I'm going to go straight from college to directing all these big things. Mm-hmm. And so, and nobody had told me like, no, you gotta, you know, get on sets, do this and that. But I'm you know, had maybe delusions of grandeur. And I, I think you have to have that, but just not realizing wait here to make money doing this, I can create, which is amazing. And I've done some cool things. Um, but just not as for career wise, you know, looking at the bigger picture, doing things on a bigger level, there's many steps that I missed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, along the way, or didn't have that vision of, Oh, here's fate, what phase three should be. Here's phase four five and then six and all that. So it was all kind of muddled. It was like one big thing and it was a little overwhelming, but, uh, figuring that out now so I'm like kind of you know departmentalizing it all and and just having to as you had stated you know with you know one thing doing it on my own it's like okay if I don't have somebody to do budgets I have to figure out how to do budgets myself Mm -hmm. and so it's good it's it's been great experience and learning those things and sometimes learning uh you know from the mistakes of others and like I would never do something like that or that's not the kind of leader I want to be and then kind of deconstructing and uh, reconstructing that so mm-hmm. you know it's kind of interesting that you mentioned those phases yeah so fortunately I have a few years left so I can <laughs> I can learn from that mistake and adapt but you know hopefully some someone out there listens to this and that's uh, some something you know a piece of knowledge that they say whoa okay I need to look at this in my career
1: yeah I made a lot of mistakes but I hope i guess i would hope two things one i hope that those mistakes didn't define who who i am and i um i hope that the mistakes i made people realize that um whatever caused them or whatever the decisions were whatever it was never um it was never at the expense of a student intentionally Right. So if I made a mistake about something, I don't know whether it be something as simple as um, who received a role versus not receiving role versus an administrative position where I made a decision that may have had a consequence. Mm -hmm. um, It was what I felt was right for that situation at the time and, and not at the expense of a student. You know, I would never oh, yeah, yeah. have wanted anything along those lines. And it's lines. tough.
0: Some of those decisions, and there's so many factors. And we look at it in life without getting too deep. It's just like, you know, there's a, it's a gradient. And so much is in that gray area. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's not just the ends, you know, the, the black or white. It's, you know, in that gradient, in that gray, there's just like so many details. Yeah. When
1: you don't follow that written rule, you know, what door do you open up? And, you know, invariably someone knows and get that gets communicated and then it gets thrown back in your face. And maybe there's a subtle difference that your situation was different than the other situation. And that's why it wasn't the same. And, you know, then you're opened up for criticism, which you know, I've faced a lot of criticism throughout my career, my whole life, and even personally. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I wear that well. That doesn't bother <laughs> me too much. But, uh, um, well, yeah, no, I so. hear you
0: with that. And it's looking at, uh, you know, and I think some of my mistakes have defined me as far as I want to mentor and do that. And if I can, you know, one thing a lot of filmmakers mistakes filmmakers make is is like. Getting on set. It's so much fun. Collaborating. Get a get crew filming. And a lot of times people's scripts just aren't there. And it's, you know, I've made that mistake in life. And it's like, man, you're DOA. You could spend thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, spend all this time and energy. And if you don't have a solid script, or if you're improving a solid group of improvers then man, if the story's not there, then who cares if, right. if it's polished and everything else. It's just like <laughs> every, yeah. you know, and nobody's gonna watch it. And they're not gonna tell somebody else to watch it. Right. Um yeah, so that's that's one one area where I look at but looking back, and I've thought about this a lot over the years. Sometimes I, you know, relive things too much. But you know, one of the mistakes I had made, there was an opportunity, I guess to be the student technical director. I forget what show it was, and you and Monica are like, we think you'd be great for it. And at the time I didn't think of myself as that role. And looking back, I'm like, that would have been a great, that that would have been a great role for me. (laughs) So you didn't do it? I I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it. Come on, man. I know, man. And it was like one of those, you know, something if I would have thought of, and I don't know, I don't think there was any pressure on your part, um, but it was like, I think I was like, Oh, I have to make a decision now. And I should have. and, And now later in life. So from that mistake, you know, I look at things a little more before, Mm-hmm. giving an answer. So I, I learned a lot from that. But looking back like, damn it. Yeah. You know, you just don't see, you know, we need people that you know, our teachers to see things in us that we don't see. Yeah. And now it's like most things I'm doing is is the tech side plus their creative side. So it's like, Okay, all yeah. right, you guys saw something. <laughs> You're wearing a lot of hats. Yeah, yeah,
1: wearing a lot of hats. You know, just we've we've mentioned her several times and Monica Dickens actually um, so she w- she was at Central, left Central, went to Lafayette High School. Um, oh, just, I didn't realize that. Just okay. for a few years, okay. they were actually in kind of an interim phase where they were building a a true theater, and so their performance space was a kind of a open stage in the middle of a cafeteria. Um, anyway, she was there for just a few years, and then then she took a position with Incarnate Word Academy, and now I remember she's. Remember that, yeah. And now she is um, still working professionally as a stage manager, absolutely. And yeah. she's she's doing tour shows all around and yeah. jumping, you know, working professionally full time and and going from one position to another. We still communicate. She's great about sending a card every year for Christmas Nice, and, um, you know, every now and then I'll shoot her a text message or she'll be back in town and we'll catch up and those kind of things. So yeah, she's a special person, really, really talented. Uh, it, it was, you know, I consider her a valued friend.
0: Absolutely. So, Did you connect her with Zark at Lafayette? Is that how she got? She wound up over there? No, was just, Zark
1: was at Hazelwood West. I went to oh, La, I went, oh, to went to Lafayette. After I left Hazelwood Central, and okay, I retired right. from Lafayette. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. she
0: went over there, and then you years yeah, later. Okay. Tot-
1: totally un, you know, unconnected. Okay, gotcha. You know, our uh, paths didn't cross there at all, other than in name of the okay. position. You know, so.
0: Gotcha. Um, what's funny a good friend of mine a guy named ricardo hayes italian guy um just crazy inventor comes up with just you know just really cool things and so i met him through a family friend and then this friend of his was this guy jimmy felder who's just you know great guy great heart bit of a nut but just you know it's like one of those guys that everybody loves hanging out with jimmy but he's just has off the wall you know off the wall statements and Fun guy, great guy. Love Jimmy, and uh, so hung out with him a number of years. And through Facebook, at one point, Monica reaches out and says, "Oh, I see you're Jimmy Feller. He's my cousin." So it's oh my god, small world. So <laughs> it's just you know St. Louis and and even beyond. It's just amazing how. Just the connections, especially with social media, that you didn't know you had. That you see. Oh yeah. And so like, I know they're the Felder family, and it's like, oh my god, yeah, Monica was, you know, one of my teachers, and she, you know, had great times back in high school. So.
1: Yeah, the world gets smaller yeah. and smaller the older you get, yeah. Ken. So be careful. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because that is so very true, and 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 you know, like an example I would use is, you know, Craig Taggart and I are friends on social media. And one of my mentors, Mr. Prater, um, is on social media. And I look and I see them commenting to each other. And I'm thinking, how do they know each other? And so I just reached out and said, do you guys, you know, and they work together. When um, Mr. Prater was working at the University of Missouri, that's where Craig went. And then they connected working okay. on projects. Gotcha. And then they've stayed connected ever since oh, then. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's a, it's a small world
0: out Absolutely. there. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. No now, one thing when when... So my first year at Central 89 mm-hmm. um come in there and I started you know with the swim team thinking yeah, I'll try the athletics thing. Really wasn't my deal. Mm-hmm. But uh the first show that I saw that that you had did when, when my year was a uh, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. And I was like, "Whoa. What is this? You had the revolving stage. That was you know, pushing this it. That structure. was pushing <laughs> it at the time. <laughs> but I mean, you pulled it off. Uh, at least it, to me you pulled
1: it off so well i mean probably more in content i mean you know
0: oh pushing as far as the edginess yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. i
1: mean that's pretty dark when you know the Absolutely. the root the root of your show is uh you know a, a, a serial killer homicidal oh
0: yeah barber
1: barbaric <laughs> yeah so oh, which, yeah. Oh, which totally supposedly pushing it yeah had a root of uh truth you know yeah. from back in the day um and where it came from so yeah and i think that helped uh that helped to kind of catapult us to thinking out of the box oh on, my god yeah that was on this, different things and so amazing. push talents yeah
0: and it was like i had i realized at the time how you know i knew i wanted to be a part of the theater but i was doing this other thing i was like oh my god i knew after that like okay this is the route Um, and I didn't even, like I did a couple months with the swim team and whatnot. It was like, oh, I could have had a part in Sweeney Todd. I could have been somebody murdered and dropped through the trap door. (laughs) What the hell? Well, uh,
1: so one of the byproducts of that show actually, which helped, I think, um, maybe entrench, the reputation of the Hazelwood mm-hmm. Central Theater Department and the students that were in it, especially at the time, because, you know, typically if, if you look stereotypically at things that you got the, the theater weirdos and you got the jocks and you got. Right. Mm-hmm. And so everybody has their own niche and you stay in your own niche. And I think one thing that opened us up for not only acceptance outside of that, but people desiring to be a part of that was came from that show inadvertently to a degree. And specifically, what I'm talking about is you're right. We had that big revolving set, which uh, was made up of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think it was eight four by eight platforms. And it was a two story set. And then we had a staircase that uh, was revolving and on a different, you know, it was on casters. And as we rotated, we could rotate the stairs as a separate unit. But we had hooks on the corners of this rotating set set and part of what and we and, and I stole the concept actually from the the Broadway production, which featured Angela Lansbury and George Hearn. Um, but we tried to, to duplicate that as best we could. But it, it became so big and so heavy. And it was like, we've got to figure out how to get this thing rotated quickly how to move it, how to adjust. And so um, we had some of those people that were outside of the theater realm who were in my stagecraft, you know, Tom Eisenberg and, uh, you know, I can think of some other yeah. names, and, and they were the jocks. And all of a sudden those jocks said, well, I'll come do that. I'll be a part of that. And they got a little bit of the bug. They didn't pursue it per se, but I think they would tell you that that was a – Something that kind of piqued their interest. And then later on we did a Little Abner um, as a musical. and you know in Little Abner you have where they they drink the the spell and they change from little weaklings into the big, strong people in Abner, and we had the Jocks come in and play that part. We had we did West Side Story and we had Chip Nicastro come in and play Officer Krupke, you know and um, so we were we were able to open up, and bring people from outside our niche and include them. And bigger than that, and this is a credit to all of you guys, you guys accept them and welcome them in. And, and that I think they were like, wow, this is a, this is not what I had thought it was going to be, you know? So anyway, so Sweeney Todd, that, that, an interesting byproduct of that. And of course, you know, the people that were, were involved with that from Craig to Tracy Barr, who played, um, the lead female role and uh Sherry Maxfield, I think, oh, was yeah. in that. Yep, and yep. Holly Schneider, I think, may have been in that. I'm pretty sure she was. She's since passed Um Joe Rechedera.
0: Shelley Ebner, I think, uh, was in that. Shelly yeah.
1: Ebner was definitely in that. Uh yeah, and yeah, that was a great show that was a fun yeah, that show was amazing that was a challenge yeah. it was really a fun show
0: yeah so for that one uh, i did the house crew which was fun yeah but uh you meet a lot of people and that was another way for those who are outside of the theater that could be a part of it
1: yeah because really it didn't dictate a whole lot in terms of your time commitment yeah um other than the nights of the show so if you were we had so many students who were um you know, had so many abilities, but they were involved in other things, whether it be dance and they were in the hockett program where that was, they had a policy where you had to be at every practice, which was every day after school. And it interfered with what we did. So a lot of the Hockettes could only participate in our musical because they were limited on time. Um, But house crew, Hey, if you, if you don't like to be on stage, you come here and you're just going to walk them to their seat. Yeah. You know, so it's
0: still a part of it, which is, which is absolutely really cool. still a part of that energy.
1: Well, and just as big a part of the experience for the people that are coming as everything else, you know, you can't minimize that. I mean, they they were the, the front line, the first response. Are you going to be professional when you take their ticket and you take them to mm-hmm. their seat or are you just going to say you're in there somewhere, you know? And so setting the tone yeah. for the experience that you were going to have for that evening and to be able to escape whatever may be going on in your life. Mm-hmm at that time for a couple of hours and just kind of get lost in it, that that's a great goal. You know, absolutely. I still love it today. Yeah. You know, my wife and I still have season tickets to the Fox and she has season tickets to the Muni. I don't go to the Muni just because of, uh, the weather aspect, but I'm kind of a uh, so theater human, snob. Yeah. And I get out there, it's like, man, uh, you know, fat old guy sitting there sweating <laughs> is not something anybody wants to be a part of. And, uh, you know, without my glasses, I can't see quite as well. I can't hear quite as well as I used uh, to. So man,
0: my vision's always been horrible. So, yeah. So <laughs> never had good vision. But yeah, even the, the I mean, top notch, you know, how every, every aspect of it was top notch, which was, yeah. I mean, which was part of what made it so special. Yeah. And even that building was such a cool building. Yeah. That theater. It was a pretty damn nice theater.
1: It was. And, and, and I loved some of the things that you guys did in terms of, you know, writing names on the, in chalk on the walls, on the spiral staircase going up, um, I don't know if you guys did that or if I that came later that, but yeah you know, it started off with one or two brave people who tried to hide it up there. And then it got a little bit more and I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, we just left it and let people go crazy oh, with cool. it. And, and
0: chalk, if you ever have to get rid of it, it's not a big deal.
1: I wasn't worried about <laughs> it, you know, but I do remember more than once going up that spiral staircase and rubbing up against the wall and then coming down uh-huh. having chalk all <laughs> over my <laughs> shirt or, you know, whatever from on my arm from, from doing that. But um, yeah. yeah, so that was great doing the blanks in the back where you take a line from the show oh, and you yeah, take yeah, one word libs. out. Yeah, you take yeah. one word out and it would oh, you know yeah, just putting so those up for fun. Dirty
0: everybody they
1: usually had a double connotation yeah, to them, so that was out there. Yeah, so
0: uh, yeah, that was a good time. That
1: was always fun. Just, I mean,
0: I know we had parties in the theater as well. I don't know if that was officially sanctioned, but I think it. Yeah, it was yeah. legit. I mean, we and that's the thing with with that group. I mean, we my parents were amazing. So we had a lot of cast parties and they were just so supportive. And it was that group. We had no interest. Nobody really drank. Yeah. So it was like, we had such a good time just being us and just having fun and just being goofy. And, yeah. you know, it was such a special group. Such yeah. a good time.
1: Yeah. What, a, well, it's in a, it you know, theater, even for me, it was just a perfect environment to, um, to be able to express myself and who I was. And then just to, enjoy other people and and accept who they were yeah you know? yeah
0: had i quit this swim team just a, i think like a week or two earlier i think at one <laughs> point you're like dude you should have did that earlier because <laughs> you, you would have been murdered and i was like but it was cool to be a part of the house crew and experience the different aspects of it especially at that age yeah to get those different experiences and understand it
1: yeah and a lot of people whether it be just uh taking class because they needed a fine arts credit or um, someone who wasn't more of an introvert and hadn't yet found their ability to step out of the shell, but things like the crew or classes were a way to introduce them to theater and ease people into it. I mean, I mm-hmm. still think of—I um, think his name was Tim Bressler, if I remember. We did a Christmas Carol, and T- um, yeah, Tim Bressler. Yep, Tim yep. was the ghost of Christmas future. Tim never said a word. Tim was a hard-working kid. He had a brother and a sister, I think, who were also a part of it. I know sister. Um, it, a sister, also a part of the family, uh, theater family. But anyway, so, but Tim had never had any desire to be on stage. But we did that show, and I remember him coming in for the audition. Yeah. And he was dressed in the the long black robe with the blacked-out face. And he had built, um, like on shoes, he had built like eight-inch stilt kind of things to be taller than everyone and had the reaper costume and and the whole thing and it went oh, okay well we found that role and that's and, all he wanted he didn't so say awesome. a word all he did was stand up and point but he was on stage yeah. and had that opportunity and such
0: an important role in that so. it, it's funny my friend jeff ritter who he really didn't get involved in theater until, um, one of the cabarets, but he called Tim, And that's why the name, I was like, Tim Bressler, Jeff called him Jake speed for some reason. <laughs> so I'm like, Tim. Br- oh yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, I remember him on cruise and, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, he was, I mean, he was like a lot of, a lot of different crew stage crew. He was like one of those guys that just yeah built a lot of cool things and like, yeah. you know, solid, solid dude.
1: Yeah. Um, well, we had a lot yeah. of those. I mean, I think, uh, a- you know Melissa Baird, who's doing incredible work in North County. Oh yeah, absolutely for what she's doing, yeah. and Tom Bober, who's a member of the Library of Congress and is a librarian that um, you know is so good at, at what he does and and yeah and what he's pursuing.
0: I People. called him on the way over, but he didn't have time to talk to me. Yeah. Now and he picked up the phone. He's like, Ken, I'm I'm in the middle of writing this script, and uh, I just I didn't want to leave you hanging. I was like, Dude, write the script. I didn't even tell him I was coming over here. That's but- awesome. <laughs> yes. I didn't know he was writing scripts. Yeah, yeah. So he's so. I mean, he's uh, certain books, um, you know, more technical, but he's as mm-hmm. a librarian, he's. You know, my term yeah. for people that are really good at what they do. He's a, he's a rock star librarian. Yeah. You know, he's killing it on Twitter. He's keynote speaker. He's, he's doing all these great things. And, so I'm and, super and proud author,
1: of him. And author. Absolutely. He's got his super books out Super proud of there. him. Yeah. You know, Eric Minnett that's out there. You saw so Eric
0: the other night. Yeah. He's doing great work. Um, he's in, he started as an actuarial. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, um, is now working at Express Scripts doing, I mean, we were chatting. He was telling me, you know, I understood, I understand the mechanics of things, but not necessarily all the technical aspects, but just, you know, the general ways how things works and the philosophies and things like that. I'm pretty good at all that. So, yeah, we saw him the other night. He's one of my close friends. And then the cool thing about Eric, and I was telling him, when I'm going through all these tapes of these old college projects and everything, it's like, oh, my God, there's Eric. Eric's there. Eric's there, there he is. (laughs) And it's so amazing that, um, and we were friends before the theater, but I think that really solidified it. Yeah. Uh, we were friends in junior high and it's just like, wow, looking at these moments and with, with these great people. Yeah, and it's just like wow.
1: Well, and there's so many so more cool. of them out there that were so talented, yeah. and I haven't, you know, I, Sandy Galada. Yeah, yeah, I talked um, to her recently. Yeah,
0: I try to keep up with people. It's, yeah, uh, and so I treasure. I caught
1: up with Rachel back just through. I s- to uh, social media years. Yeah, but, but these are people that I'm. I have such fond memories of, and I think, and and even like with Rachel, yeah. I've got a a thread of a connection now and i can follow their story from afar but man i would love to just hear from so many of these
0: yeah we're gonna i'm gonna have people and just say union
1: and what is going on and what got you there you know the story is is deeper than you know the the thread that started it may have been our theater department but where we're at now absolutely and is is just incredible to to try to follow and think about I'd i'd love to catch up with more
0: it's so nice to have that conversation and you catch up and then you're like you know then it's a few other years and you're like you have a new conversation
1: yeah it's amazing yeah it's so for an old guy like me it's amazing to see everything that all you talented people have done it's incredible
0: yeah, well, thanks for thanks for all you have done. Yeah. You know, I'll give you my term for, you know, I've already thought of my little monologue intro for this. I'm not going to throw Uh-oh. it out there. I want to save it for the end. We still got a couple things to talk about. If you start getting bored, let me know. But I'm I'm having no. a, I'm having a great time, and I I love throwing out these names, and I hope. That's uh, some of the folks we're talking about are, are going to enjoy this as well. well and we'll, and
1: I hope that the people that don't get their names thrown out there don't think that they aren't important or we don't remember you because that's not the case at all. But
0: well, I, I couldn't <laughs> even remember Corey's book, which I love. So, and I did a whole podcast of it's just yeah. yeah, my brain. Sometimes so much information, but it'll be nice to revisit as well. Yeah. Um, some of the people that, yeah, that meant so much that I'm just not thinking of at this particular moment. Yeah but uh just going back and looking that's why these videos are great because sometimes me i'm so visual that you know i need that visual and then right. it's almost like i said a time machine where, takes you back where those memories are popping in it's like i'm there i hear and you. it's so amazing it's like almost a dream state yeah love it love it so where were we we, we jumped up. so christmas carol So oh. i was bob Cratchit in the christmas Carol. yeah you were like oh my god and i was like i think the kids were about as tall as me at that point <laughs> I was like, so I was so small. I didn't start growing until you know, really, like when I was in the Navy.
1: Didn't you wear one of those hats? Uh, what was the hat that we had you in? I was thinking you wore some hat. Like
0: a stovepipe hat?
1: Well, it was oh, that what you had on? I
0: don't remember. I have a video of that too. <laughs> I don't know what
1: to look at out. You just look so natural in the hat. We had to put you wow, in that, well, in you. that I role. Mean, that was
0: like, I'm thinking, like, Bob Craig, that's a pretty damn good role. Yeah, it is. And I guess. Who was it? Was it Taggart? Taggart was uh, Mr. Scrooge. He
1: was Scrooge. Okay, so
0: he was, I'm trying to think of, so I guess he was a junior my freshman year. So it's Sweeney Todd. And then, yeah, that was, I guess Christmas Carol was his senior year. Yeah. And I guess I was a sophomore at that point. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, you
1: start, it starts just kind of entertaining. Overlapping and intertwining to yeah. a point where I kind of lose track of what year was everybody and yeah, did yeah. that, you know, how did they overlap and, and whatnot. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He did that. He spent hours, hours for that bald head and, mm-hmm. and that we kept working on.
0: Yeah. So. I look forward to catching up with him as well. I know one of our. Little our many reunions at, at Ruiz. You mm-hmm. know he was there for a few of those. So yeah, it's we're due for we're due for one of those. Absolutely. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to Tom and Eric and and then you know as I told you, I'm developing a show around a, a group of restaurant owners. Mm-hmm. So that may be a way to kind of combine these worlds. Yeah. Although I love, I mean, Italian food. I love Mexican food. I love. It's you know, I'll have to figure something out. But. Yeah. um You know, do something like that. Now I know this is hard. So this is a tough question because when one creates and these shows, like if I create a video, it's like, they're all, you know, my babies, there's all like a piece of my soul in, in that creative work. Mm -hmm. What, uh, so I wouldn't ask you to pick like what's your, you know, who's your favorite as far as show. But mm-hmm. well, what what are a few shows that stand out where you're like wow? I mean Sweeney Todd has to be one cuz that was such a challenge. Yeah, I think, what are a few others that you're like whoa, this is this really kind of helps define me. Yeah, I got you. I
1: think there's different ones for different reasons. Yeah. You know, um I mean Sweeney Todd was a huge challenge and was excellent. I mean, I think of the musical Lil Abner for no other reason than it was one of my dad's favorites.
0: Okay, and see, I'm not even I'm not I know the name but I'm not familiar with it.
1: Yeah, and um you know, so not even performance related, just because my, you know, my admiration and respect for my father and, and being able to do that for all of us, because it actually fit and I was able to get so many people on stage Nice, and it fit the personnel that we had at the time. But then to link that back to him and I even did, and you know, I used to do a thing called a, a note from the director and I was able to say, you know, for years, this has been my dad's favorite. So to be able to do this and. And say that it's, you know, I'm, I'm giving it to him kind of a thing. So um, so that was one. Um, I think a, a show that I loved watching that I was actually the tech director for. And I don't even know if I was the tech director. Actually, I may have just been the person in charge in the stagecraft mm-hmm. class of doing the stage I can't remember if Mr. Fanner was the tech director and I was just doing it non gratis or not, but um, what Monica Dickens did with Mother Hicks,
0: Ma- yes, that was. Yes, an, I yes. thought
1: that was an incredible show. Yeah, Tom um, Tom
0: Bower was, uh, was he was a lead in that, correct? Uh, or one of them? He, or or he, no, no, it was. Um, he was like the, Jim, the second one, James James Bain- Bainer. Bainer. and yeah. Tom was like the supporting guy to him, I believe.
1: Yeah, and and um. I mean, like, that's a show I appreciated for a lot of aspects. First, the visual aspect. It was a great visual. I just thought it was a tremendous thing. And then that was a show that my abilities, I could never have done that. So for her to be able to do that with the talent and the group of high school students she did gave them an experience that I could have never done. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just outstanding. That was outstanding. So I loved that show. I loved when we did Grease. Because it's just nice. such a fun, goofy yeah. show. Um, I'm, I mean, every show has its own demands, yeah. but that was just fun to do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, um, it was demanding, but it wasn't so demanding that you co- couldn't get lost in the fun. You know, I think of when we did West Side Story, and I think, oh my God, that was, that was tough. That was one of the toughest shows I've ever taken on. From every aspect, not only from the performance, but from, uh, you know, we did the fight scenes from doing the the score and having uh, Mr. Volk at the time did uh, the uh, pit conducting and how demanding that was and how tough it was to get that and and the singing. The, I mean, it was it was easy. It was easier to act and perform that show than most others. But because of the demand of the music and everything else, it was one of the most difficult to do so so much so that we actually expanded it to four performances and, and the lead male role because of the demands vocally, we had two, two different people in the lead role. And so one had interesting Thursday, one had, wednesday friday and one had thursday saturday i believe if i remember right which was the only time we'd ever done um a shared lead role and the only time we'd expanded from three nights to four at least that i was aware of wow that we've ever done that so you know because of its challenge that mm-hmm. that was an incredible show one of the goofiest shows i was ever a part of um was cinderella waltz um which was a very small cast. We did it as a winter show. Nobody had ever heard of that, <laughs> that production, but pure joy from beginning to end. Um, and then going out to dinner, when we did the dinner theaters, and being able to do um, All Sin, which was a college project that I had done in college, and then to do that with you guys, which I've done multiple times since, but um, in different settings, But that was special, and then to um, do a series in dinner theaters, we did one. The first one was um, it was about Harry Monday, and it was it's Monday, so it must (laughs) oh it's murder, so it must be Monday. I think yes, yes, and and that ended up being a trilogy. So for three years in a row, that was our dinner theater. We did all three of those. Um, I think it was, it's Monday, so it must be murder or murder. It must be Monday. I, I and probably then,
0: have something. I should have went through that, that. Yeah. Uh, rubbermaid thing that I have all the programs and I bet you I have some of that. Yeah.
1: So we, we did all three of those, you know, and, um,
0: it was that, one, did Monica one that was, um, like a Russian, uh, it was, or am I thinking of a short story that I've read? I thought there was a Russian theme one where it was a village. I'm pretty sure we did that one year. Well, we, no, or, I, I
1: think, well, I think you're thinking of Fools.
0: Fools. By
1: Neil Simon. Okay. And so we did that um, one year. Let's see. I it, I'm not sure what order we did it. One year we did it as a dinner theater and another year, I think we did it on the main stage and then we turned around and did it as a dinner theater. Okay, cuz I think I remember few years that later.
0: as a dinner theater maybe or Yeah. Yeah, it's all gelling in my head and Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. a dream. Yeah, but that was the, good stuff. 12 Angry Jurors, we did that. So that was a good good 12 mix. Angry Jurors and Hair at the Wind. Oh, that's we right. We did it Hair at the Wind. I think um, that was my sophomore year. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Craig Taggart was great in that as well. And then who was Well,
1: Greg Young was in that one as well. Damn. Craig Young was in Inherit the Craig Wind. Craig
0: Young, and I think Greg Wheeland or Craig Wheeland was in one of those shows. He, he
1: was. He, he may have been the judge in, in that one, but I. Man, I, it's. Yeah, I it's, may be It's all a blur. I'm going to sound like up. a fool. No, <laughs> all right. I, I'll sound so, like the fool. I'm the one who so should be that. So I apologize, that, but, anyone,
0: if my memory is not good. It's not because of um, yeah any ill intent.
1: Yeah, and we tried to. I remember, you know, trying to be so artsy for. Uh, 12, I think it was 12 Angry Men and I put 12 empty chairs down in the pit, you know, and in the pre-show announcement that we always had the mm-hmm. assistant student director make, you know, anyone who'd like to be a part of our jury can come and sit in the chairs, you know, and trying to be so artsy. <laughs> oh man, trying to be so artsy with it, it, never, okay. it didn't work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so. sure, it, like looking back, I'm thinking now that I'm thinking of all these shows, the ones I really remember are the ones... I guess my dad was working that night and didn't have or those that weekend and didn't have any video or I, or tapes are lost over the years. Now, the one I know I had at one point that is I'm regretting is the cabaret that that was lost because it was we did a Jeopardy where, where my friend Jeff was Rain Man and then uh, uh, Hector Irizarry was the macho man. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. So it's. I would love to see that. It's just like a faint memory. Those those oh, so were so fun, fun but yeah. they
1: came and went in my memory just in yeah. the aspect of, um, you know, we wrote
0: and popped those up so fast. Yeah. Um, and you let us run with it. So it was. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you were. Uh, I wouldn't say disassociate you know, i mean it was a little bit of a separation there because you know it was great and we did imagine that one year we did the everybody like a chorus of the john lennon song imagine
1: yeah and did sign language no that was a different one that was my first year there and zark did the cabaret theater and they did a they did something and it was all sign language um so i don't remember it, yeah i don't i, I know so but yeah you guys yeah. did run with it and and again a Which testament awesome. to you were yeah. able to do because i remember the first couple i did i wrote every skit and then it was like let's open it up with the creativity that these people have and then we can tweak it and fine tune it and yeah, keep it in the parameters but really it was fairly easy to do you and, know at and that it's time.
0: good man that's good good way to It was fun do this and then yeah and then it's good to have that quality control for the st- – make sure the standards are there that fit your department. So, Well, was, not
1: only that, but we had to, obviously, for oh, – I mean, <laughs> exactly. there were several things we shot down because, uh, you know, we were still in the confines of education yeah, yeah. and what the district would and would not allow. Yeah, so you got to be smart. We, we had to be, yeah, uh, some I mean, attention you didn't want.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and then, like, years later, I'm sure, immediately firing. I mean, then that was, like, kind of that – bridge bridge period where it's like okay probably shouldn't but nowadays or even you know the past 10 years i mean certain things i'm I'm not overly sensitive i am a bleeding heart as you know but i'm not overly sensitive with certain things especially with art Uh, because art has a you know purpose for something beyond the scope of
1: i very much had the approach of um claim claim stupidity and ask forgiveness, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, versus permission. Yeah. I definitely had that approach. I can yeah. say, and and at the time, and oh, we we I didn't re- I didn't even think of it that way. Oh, that's yeah. not my intention, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
0: it was cool in your classroom. Yeah, I yeah, was looking back, you know, from a nostalgic. I want to want to hit a few more topics if you're still yeah I'm good if you're still enjoying it. Um, but yeah, that classroom was the coolest classroom because then in the back, then we had our. You know, we had our green room and all that. And then the theater, you know, we're in the classroom and there's the theater. Oh, it's just such a magical place.
1: Yeah, and and such a uh, great opportunity because um, what we were doing inside of the classroom, especially with our stagecraft design. But when you think of stagecraft, what we were doing in that setting and within the curriculum was then being applied to the performance. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like you know, some of the curriculums where you did something is like, how are we going to um, attach this to uh, how are we going to use this? Uh, you know, what's its relevance. We were able to turn around and see it, which actually then and continued to increase our crowds because I remember first getting there and thinking, man, we only got a hundred people out here for this show and then having things sold out, mm-hmm. you know, cause that, theater that theater set uh i think it was 736 i think people something something along that lines um so that was great but then to be able to have it all there and kind of self-contained yeah yeah for the productions it was pretty much Mm self-contained to where we could run it a little bit more professionally than what other people may have been able to do when they have to use classrooms for a holding cell and whatnot we we were able to get around and move things around and take advantage of stuff in a very different real way which was which was great,
0: yeah, whoever designed that did a great job yeah yeah that was, was super cool
1: yeah, and I was again that goes into part of my good fortune with uh Hazelwood picking up and taking a chance on you know me in nineteen eighty eight and getting me there because the resources mm-hmm. at that time were were really incredible um and allowed me to allowed me to try some things and then yeah. The support from, you know, the students and the families coming to produce and then other students coming in and it becoming a thing. And all of a sudden with that comes the business side of mm-hmm. it and some revenues came in. So yeah. then we were able to add more shows. We were able to do a little bit better um, sets or we were able to buy more lights and mm-hmm. buy more equipment and and continue to push it and take it to the next level. Yeah, it was yeah. always about the next thing. Okay. What's the next thing? And then of course technology has kicked in and taken it to a whole oh, new yeah, level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So
0: what was the show? Cause it was speaking of, I mean, had yeah. a lot of trapdoors. <laughs> so we had you have Sweeney Todd, of course, but then there was, there was a show and Monica directed it. And I don't think it was mother Hicks. Maybe it was mother Hicks where we had something in the set had some trapdoor, And I forget the reasoning, but it was you and I during the show <laughs> underneath the stage just for this one moment for the trapdoor, And that's the way it was built. It wasn't like we could just go at that moment. I think
1: we had to crawl under the platforms and we were just kind of laying their belly up. Yeah. And we were there the whole it.
0: show because it wasn't like it, the set wasn't built in a way where it had like a way where we could just go do it on the queue and then be done. So it was yeah. like we were playing a, uh, with, with the little uh, <laughs> duct tape footballs and just... I mean, it's like, what the? And they're performing their hearts out more underneath, like, bing!
1: Oh, <laughs> like yeah, well, you know... Goal. <laughs> I Honestly, I don't remember the specific show, yeah. but I do re- have some of those same memories of,
0: yeah.
1: you know, giggling and trying not to be heard underneath <laughs> there. <laughs> you know, a lot yeah, of people yeah. would say I'm still just a big kid, but, uh, Absolutely. you know, it was just those are fun and you did what you had to do. Right. I mean, we did what, what are we going to do? Okay, we'll do it. Yeah.
0: And I think there's, I I remember building things with Mr. I mean, there's so many memories that are lost, but you know, I know they're just the experience. I think it's that energy is, is there, man. You just don't, that's part of the soul. Yeah. But, um, back to the classroom. So one cool aspect, I mean, you had like all kinds of different things, like, Tickets from shows at Riverport, um, mm-hmm. you know, show posters, all those kind of things. But one thing that really stood out you, at one point, you had, already know where you're going. You had the broken chair from Riverport, yeah. And so at that point you uh when you came in and told us about this and some people i didn't you know i didn't go to concerts at that age i mean i loved music but my parents just weren't concert goers right and uh you know, nobody took me but you came in to talk about the guns and roses riot and we're like what the you know i i don't yeah. think i heard about it that night but the next day yeah i don't know if you brought in the seat the next day or that was down the line but we're like what's going on you had great stories about that event
1: uh, yeah i mean i was uh I don't know if you say fortunate enough, but I, I was there <laughs> part and, of history. Yeah. It was in it was the first year that Riverport had opened up and I was actually on the back of the stage and um, another teacher that I had gotten the job to work with me that summer was uh, Ed Lillian Sick. Oh, he was a science yeah, teacher. Yeah. Um you guys probably remember because he's six foot yeah, ten was, inches tall. Absolutely. And great guy. He, I didn't was know him well. So funny. Yeah. So fun funny guy. Anyway, um, but he and I were always out there. We were always, a lot of the guys would call us yin and yang because we were together so often and, and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, he ended up moving on into administration, was a principal at Timberland High School and, uh, out in winsville School District and has retired since then. But anyway, so he and I were both out there and we were standing backstage and, and, um, In the back of the stage, there's a big garage door, and then on either side of that garage door is a a single door that you can close and go in and out of. Because typically the garage door would be closed and you'd have to go in and out, Mm -hmm. and it would be in a wing, so you couldn't, it wasn't seen from, yeah, yeah. if there wasn't anything in the back of the production anyway. So uh, on the stage right side, I mean, it's very vivid, and you know, he comes storming out with his little furry. Coat wrap thing on that he had you know and and i remember him using a lot of explicit language and you know in short it was
0: the show's over
1: and (laughs) you know stormed off by me and
0: and you're thinking like what's going on you
1: know kind of looking around and and i remember lynn vote going back to the guy who owns clancy coming out he was there and and as things slowly started to escalate It was, you know, hey, well, let's just go out and get whatever we can get, you know. And so we went out and we'd grab a piece of a monitor and bring it back or grab some equipment and start to bring it back. And I guess it was about the fourth trip or so. And people were started throwing coins, hitting us with, you know, (laughs) quarters and those kind of things. And, you know, at that time, security had taken like bottles of booze that people were hiding in, but they were just taking them and throwing them in the trash can. So people are reaching back in the trash can and they're throwing bottles and then it grows a little bit more and now they're tearing apart the chairs and they're throwing seats and doing all that kind of stuff and yeah um, and,
0: and of course they're thinking like brand new facility oh there. yeah I'm like son of a
1: trees the-? were uprooted yeah. oh, you know because they yeah. hadn't taken root and they were laying over yeah. and um <laughs> i mean i finally at one point and and you know people didn't know it but at at um one point somebody had gone and gotten a fire hose well electricity hadn't been cut so there was oh, there was live no. power on the stage, and, and there's so some much idiot. power
0: on those stages. Wow. And then they
1: had you know they had a wall of sound stage left, and you have all the cabling that connects mm-hmm. it, and then it comes all the way down, and then there's usually you know somewhere around maybe eight to ten feet of cabling, mm-hmm. thick cabling yeah, that comes down. Somebody had gone up there, and they had the cabling, and they were just swinging this wall on the rigging back and forth. I'm thinking, man, if those baskets oh, and they were called yeah, baskets yeah. the cable up top that's holding them onto the grid yeah if that gives away these people are
0: crushed and those cables are heavy and then yeah. the
1: electric and so yeah. but it, so chris kirtlink at the time went out and cut power uh-huh. got back safely um and finally the police said we got to give them the stage and they all came back behind and we closed off doors and And in a matter of moments, it went from this is crazy. Look at what's going on to this is an all out riot and people actually um, taking over and doing their thing until the police went all all the way up and it would have been house right or stage left side. They just had two lines. I remember vividly two lines, Mm -hmm. police in front with the riot gear and then a second row of police and they just slowly went across from the all the way up to the stage, all the way to the top of the the lawn and just slowly started walking across. And if you didn't get out of the way, you got whacked, you fell down, mm-hmm. the second row handcuffed <laughs> you and they just kept going. They left you laying yeah, yeah. until they could come back until they cleared. And so uh-huh. everybody was forced to go outside and do everything outside the facility. And I just remember opening up those doors and looking around and everything was trashed and destroyed and um, I think we got out of there that night. It was about three thirty or so, and we literally were just throwing crap in the back of semis. You know, usually there's a pack. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, everything it goes, <laughs> it lays a certain way. You because of the cost. Yeah, there's, yeah. You you take advantage of every inch of space Absolutely. inside those semis because you know you're paying five hundred bucks a day for them things. Yeah, and yeah. you don't if you can get away with one less truck, you do that. And we were just throwing stuff in there just because they were destroyed and it was like they'll have to inventory mm-hmm. it all and do it all later. So I think it was about 3.30 or so and they told us to to go on home and I remember I was one of a small crew that was asked to come back like 7 or 8 the next morning. So we slept for like three and a half, four hours and then we're right back at it to clean everything up. And that included finishing that pack and then starting to clean up the facility because the 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 chairs that were ripped out the the foliage the video screens were torn down on yeah. the sides at that yeah, time yeah. there were two small towers on either side that were permanent they were house screens that um well, you know f- funny story with grateful dead about those but I won't get sidetracked but <laughs> um so you know going back there and doing that anyway uh, I just remember at one point in backstage we had taken all the seats that were busted out and we'd carried them up and just kind of piled them over there and i thought i think i'm going to take one of those as a badge of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i i did i i took one of those and i think i wrote on it i survived guns and roses and took it up into the catwalk into the booth and hung it up there and i think it stayed there for a decade or so i don't know if it's still wow. there or not but
0: yeah i remembered in the classroom but i guess you transferred it after that at yeah, some
1: point i did after a while yeah, yeah. you know there's other things that yeah, come in absolutely. and you want like you said you want to change things yeah, up yeah. you know at one point I, there was that was an inner classroom so there were no windows to the outside so i had the art teacher uh, mr deleski actually do a Chalk drawing of a window, like you were looking out the window into the outside mm-hmm. and hanging that on the wall. So I had a window to the outside. Nice. <laughs> to <laughs> change some things, but yeah. Yeah,
0: I got to mix it up a bit. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I remember telling one story. I don't think it was you or, or maybe somebody else you saw that was... Like jumped on some kind of rail and not get that was like swinging a rail. No, that was were, me. Oh, that was you. Okay, yeah, Sorry. that was me. When because <laughs> people are going ape, yeah, yeah going crazy, crazy. To curse, I curse too it, much sometimes. It,
1: it was crazy, and uh, I remember thinking, man, I don't, I don't really have anything to protect myself. And it this was still in the uh, I don't know if development stages, right of the riot, but they hadn't got they they were getting beyond control, but the police hadn't yet got. They're playing together to figure out what's wrong. I'm thinking, I Think I got to figure out a way to protect myself. I'm going home yeah. at the end of this Yeah, because you know. most of
0: those people are j- drunk on top of it. Well, so it's and just they like, don't—they didn't care. Yeah. They
1: didn't know who you were with. Oh, they didn't. So yeah.
0: yeah, they don't care if you're. <laughs> so <laughs> do, I <man>. remember
1: <laughs> going into the bathroom. I jumped up and down on the on the rail.
0: That's right. Yeah, and okay.
1: popped it off. So I had a you know a pretty lengthy yeah. handicap rail. Yeah, yeah. That they had, and I was standing there just kind of had it with my backstage pass on and I'm just kind of standing there like if they come my way I'm going to protect myself and and then I looked to the left and there was a police officer with a dog and then you know and I showed him my pass real quick and he says get rid of the pipe and so I threw the (laughs) pipe down and he went on and went somewhere else and as soon as he was gone I picked that pipe back up (laughs) so and then once I saw that I mean it it was crazy Ken how it went from voicing their Mm -hmm. displeasure to Acting out to just a, an all-out riot, to where mm-hmm. all of a sudden power's cut, it's complete darkness except for the two helicopters with the spotlights oh, that are going around, yeah, and yeah. just just looking around, and all of a sudden there's dogs barking mm-hmm. and people yelling, and I mean it was incredible. It was yeah, yeah. it was a weird feeling for a guy like me who had never been in the middle of anything like that to then be like how did I get here? Because one guy didn't want his picture taken. Are you kidding yeah, I know, me? It's so bizarre. <laughs> so,
0: so bizarre. But yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've had friends that, that went to that show when they were in high school. So uh-huh. at one point, a cinematographer friend of mine will, uh, you know, he's on my podcast list. So we'll have to uh, get his version of that story as uh-huh. well. But, um, but then smash, I had smash on, on the podcast he's a friend and he was he was talking about when he was in new york before he came to st louis how um when he was doing headbangers ball i uh-huh. guess he was in dc but then he was going to new york for headbangers ball mm-hmm. and he had guns and roses when they first started out and they were the, the set you know they were going to redesign the set the next year so he smashes thinking like let's you know let's let these guys destroy the set so you know he kind of played it up like it was a, you know, good set and, you know, got them riled up and, or it was a work that they had did. And so then they destroyed that. So it was kind of like their, you know, their MO at the time they're the, you know, the band that's tearing everything up. Right. Yeah. This was kind of crazy. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Well,
1: they did, they succeeded. It was torn up, but we turned around a few days later and there's another show, you know, it was, you know, didn't have trees planted, but they had everything back in there and we're right <laughs> oh, yeah, back as yeah, normal. Sure must go on. Yeah, there, I mean, there was a lot of odd things. I remember being delayed for Crosby, Stills, and Nash show and being delayed due to weather, but they didn't want to cancel. And they didn't even start the show until like 11 p.m. or oh, midnight because crazy. yeah because of... Uh, because of weather and uh, i guess you
0: get a permit to extend the for the curfew or whatnot if there's weather some clause or something i don't know
1: i think there was some i think there was maybe some games played on whether or not there was really a noise curfew
0: Uh. or not i think it was
1: more of a let's control these bands so they don't play until yeah you know so hey if you go later we're gonna have to incur a penalty exactly and nobody wanted to pay more money so they adhered to the
0: all right to that
1: so but i don't know that don't hold me to that
0: any other what other shows that you remember then that were just like wow that was cool to work well i mean i
1: there's a i can think of a hundred because i'm a huge music Okay, i love love music as as everybody who knows me knows um
0: yeah I, i don't think we had many i mean i knew that but at that point i guess i didn't have the vocabulary or really had the defined love of it. So I don't yeah. think we, I don't recall any, many conversations, but maybe yeah. it's a lot I'm forgetting. Oh, we were busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, some other things that, you point. know,
1: just, I, I mean, I look back and I think I had an opportunity to work. There was two days we had the grateful dead end. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Deadhead. Um, you know, I can appreciate what they did, but it wasn't my scene, but, um, you know, I worked them. I worked the two nights that we did, um, uh, the Eagles on the hell freezes over tour. Um, you know, that was a great show to be a part of. Um, I was uh, able to work the two night production, which you didn't, you know, back then you didn't see a lot of those, but when Van Halen came in, you know, and I remember looking up and seeing they had taken all the blankets from the lawn and people, this wasn't too long after mm-hmm. the riot stuff, but they had taken uh, blankets and put them together and set them on fire and, Oh, know, on the so, lawn people so, said so there's fires up on the lawn oh i remember God, standing on crazy. stage looking out and going oh my gosh look at this yeah. you know um yeah. so different things for you know i think a, iconic classic bands like aerosmith and i nice. i did their shows you know half a dozen times oh, that's and cool.
0: um i've never i have not seen aerosmith
1: yeah and oh. and i think i think live they're they're some they they i don't know if they still are yeah. but they were definitely something to see at that time and and that was when they were you know yeah that was around kind of the time a, of, a resurgence yeah yeah
0: yeah that was i mean that great story band that i mean they were they were almost done i mean just all the drug use and everything and then yeah then they came back and that pump album yeah that was yeah that would have been around that time for that yep. tour yeah yeah my dad chauffeured uh when they were they were opening for this band wishbone ash Okay. And so my dad—I don't know if he chauffe- chauffeured Aerosmith because my dad was a police officer at that time, uh-huh. and so he was working. You know, side hustle was a limo driver. And uh, at that point, this band Wishbone Ash was—he was helping them like book plane tickets and do this and that. And they're like, "Well, we need a security person. You want to go on the road with us?" But <laughs> we, my sister and I were young at that point, right? And he's like, "Yeah, I can't do it." But yeah. you know, looking back, like, eh, it could man, I don't know if a you know, young family, but it's like you wonder right not one of those things yeah. but uh but yeah he said to aerosmith at that point they all had separate limos and it was just they were just so dysfunctional
1: yeah i mean it's just so a lot of different shows for different reasons yeah. being a music guy i mean i it, it introduced me to big head todd and the monsters who's still one of my favorite bands today
0: yeah i'm not as fam- I'm i'm not as familiar with that band yeah, yeah
1: and uh you know my son and i still go to see them oh that's cool at, it's nice whenever to they come that. in town yeah. our bucket list at some point is to be able to load up and head out to uh, Red Rocks, and we want to see Big Head Todd at Red Rocks. He's a Colorado oh, be guy, amazing. okay. And so we want to go out there and, and see him there because we we're tr- diehard fans of. Big Head Todd. Yeah. Have so. you ever been
0: to Red Rocks? I have not. I have not either.
1: I have not. Right. One of the neat things about one of the videos of Big Head Todd that I have from a Red Rock show they mm-hmm. did, they do a lot of, um, in the extra features, they do a lot of stuff backstage. And so the dressing rooms are built into the cliffs and those kind of things. Amazing. So, you know, I'd love to go and, and uh, I don't know if they do that kind of thing, but just to be able to take a backstage tour and and see the bigger you know, not just a show, but then see it, everything behind. It. I, I don't know. It, it would fascinate me. So, Oh heck yeah. That'd be great. So, but I've been fortunate, you know, I, I didn't work it, but you know, I got to go see a Bonamassa show and Joe Bonamassa. Nice. He's a guitarist that, that is incredible. And you know, two new guys that I'm really getting into now is, uh, I haven't seen him. uh, is Tyler Childers. He's kind of, a um, country folk, maybe pop folk. Um, that I really enjoy listening to now. And I did go see him and I'll never get to see him for $35 again at the pageant. (laughs) But, um, I went to see big head Todd on, I think it was a Thursday night maybe. And the next night, Marcus King band, um, is in town. He's a young cat that is a incredible musician. And, and so my son Rob and I were going to go and, uh, he called up and he said, hey, are you going to go? Because I'm thinking I may go duck hunting. And I said, well, you go duck hunting. I don't even know if I'm going to go. Well, I already bought my ticket. So <laughs> he took off, you know, and he loves to hunt. And it was like, you go yeah. hunt whenever you can hunt. I'm going to go see Marcus. Because I listened to him and I liked him. Yeah. Fan for life. Can't wait to go see him again, you know. Dude is incredible. So, um, boy, I don't know. I still have probably 300 of those backstage passes nice um, in the office over here Very just a, cool. in an envelope you know so
0: that's amazing
1: you can rifle through there and if you see any like the bring back memories i want to check those out yeah you I, can have those you
0: said i didn't go to concerts so, you know back then i didn't really start going to concerts till after college yeah and then now i just as many as i can go to i do it's fantastic yeah, yeah so I love live music
1: it was so one really quick story beyond guns and roses but uh one time I was working out there where I really was like, oh, my gosh, and freaked out a little bit was um, it was a sting. Oh. And um, at that time during the show, they uh, asked me to work, um, uh, do a truss spot, which trusses are uh, the equipment that hangs above the artists on stage with all the lights on them. And then on top of that, they have seats and there's a spotlight. And you could, you do the, you offer backlighting Mm -hmm. for the guys, the performers when they're moving around. And so. That probably freaked
0: me out. I don't. Well, I did fine. I love heights. Well, I was, I was good (laughs) with all of that. I didn't have
1: any problem with that. But, you know, in the middle of that, they'll be calling things and they're calling, okay, you know, all spots go to blackout spot eight. You're going to switch to, um, you know, color gel three. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. they, and they go through them quick. I mean, they're, they're rifling through it fast. And, and so, and you're going to go on my cue. And so the band's doing this big, they're fired up and they're on this big thing and going. so I was number eight, I was switching to the gel. Well, I wouldn't really pay attention to anything except for <laughs> my number and what I was yeah, supposed yeah. to do. And in the middle, all of a sudden, they get to the end of this rollout, rock and roll, and, bro, you know, and boom, everything stops. He goes, and go. And I switched my color, and everything else went black. And it's me up there with a yellow gel on Sting, and I'm thinking, oh, crap. <laughs> and he steps back from the mic, and he looks over a little bit, and he looks up straight at me, and he goes back to the mic, and then he goes into a little black spot on the sun today. Yeah. I guess I was the yellow sun okay. for him to do whatever. But I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I have <laughs> completely screwed. I didn't turn it off. Yeah. He, he, nobody was yelling, blackout, blackout, yeah, blackout, you yeah, know. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. And then when he did that, I was like, oh,
0: you're like, okay. You know, yeah. That so that makes sense. So
1: an ex-student, I don't know if you know this name, but Derek Reeves, that you remember sounds that really, name? Yeah. He was one of those guys who um, worked the Garth Brooks show and ended up working at Riverport for years mm-hmm. after that. Um, you know, did a good job and they kept asking him back. Anyway, um, I've connected with him once in a while and our paths. And, and every time we, he goes, man, I remember when you were doing that show and I was standing <laughs> backstage watching and they did that. That was so funny. <laughs> so anyway, a little, cool. little story about being Sting's son.
0: Nice. nice. And <laughs> yeah, speaking of like natural or auditoriums or whatnot. There's a cave, and I don't know the name of it, but in Nashville or near outside of Nashville, mm-hmm. there's uh, mostly it's, I think bluegrass shows. But uh, a friend of mine who's a, a jib operator, the boom, you know, camera boom, mm-hmm. camera crane, he uh, he works these, and um, it's just a cave. Like they built a venue in this underground cave. Hmm. I've not been, but, uh, you know, I'm gonna have to put that on my list. I'll
1: get, I'll get that yeah, information so, so and put that it on out. there. Cause I love and Nashville. I'll find
0: out, you know, if I'll, I'll reach out to his name's Michael Brees. And it's funny. I, it's been great that people I meet, I met him here at a show in the Sheldon. And then I just, you know, these people I connect with, I keep in touch. And then at one point yeah. I was at my friend's venue at the listening room and they had some kind of show they were filming and I was just hanging out with my, my buddy. And I was like, Oh, there's Michael. I was like, yeah, you know, I had to run down and, it's just so cool. There's so many great people out there in this world.
1: Yeah, and, and another real quick one now that that we're doing, going down this lane. Yeah, yeah. But um But, so a really good friend of mine, a guy named Mark Holland, is a Native American flautist.
0: He yeah, plays, my friend Corey, who I told you about, the cinematographer, played uh-huh. in Autumn's Child. His, there we man, go. Yeah. There's yeah, a connection yeah, there's always, right there. I love the connection. So
1: Mark has yeah. had several uh, CDs that he's put out, and he would, he would do a... Um, you know, a, a concert to promote it yeah. as it went out. And so we were friends and, and he would call and say, Hey, would you mind coming down here and doing the lights mm-hmm. for this? Which pretty much was a GI because I didn't know any of the songs yeah. and we, we, we didn't spend any time. So it was like, okay, well, where are your five people going to be at and who needs a light on yeah, what, yeah. what song and, and, you know, then I would just do general lighting with, uh, you know, different colors in the background and different, you know, so I might have a, a lavender and, a, you know, a gold or, you know, whatever, and just kind of change it here and there. Not a whole lot. Anyway, from going to there, there was a project that he did with the mayor brothers, Peter Mayer and Jim Mayer, who Jim ended up coming out and doing a little bit of the sound because he would set sound and then leave it. And then he'd go up perform. He was a bass player. Well, Peter and Jim are the musicians in Jimmy Buffett's summer band Ah. traveling. So then I'm out at Riverport and, you know, I'm talking to Jim a little bit. So then I'm out at Riverport and he comes on getting ready to go to do the show. And he goes, Hey, Steve, what are you doing here? And he goes,
0: I'm in the band. What? (laughs) You know, it is, it is
1: crazy when you think about how your paths cross with. So
0: absolutely. Yeah. Music. I just absolutely love it. So yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful Avenue of
1: emotion and communication
0: absolutely so i love music videos so that's one thing now that i've had a chance to um just kind of let my spirits just you know it's nice when you're busy it's it's hard to let some of these things resonate but now that i've recharged kind of a little mini retirement with this uh deal going on this covid it's like now i'm just sparked watching these old projects it's like okay i have to figure out how to do some music videos without breaking my bank yeah because you know in the past to build up the experience it's like i'm financing this because i want to do it and i want to do it well like that that model yeah that model doesn't fit me anymore but yeah hopefully put some things together for that
1: we need a ken calcaterra GoFundMe page for Hazelwood Central Theater because there's a lot of people that would probably contribute for an opportunity to to see some of those things from back that it, in the past that you know they just didn't have you know they didn't keep them or yeah, they yeah. don't have a VCR or they got destroyed you know we talked about Rachel Adams earlier and I know she had a tragedy where oh her yeah. Home, Her home caught fire, and so she lost pictures and videos and those kind of things. And her parents were very involved, so I know she had everything. Yeah, yeah. you know, and now had nothing when it comes to that that aspect. So, um, so there you go. Oh, definitely. Put put up the Kincocks there. Go (laughs) from it. Put me down for some (laughs) we
0: Will do. It'd be fun to put put that out. But so all right, we talked about music. We talked about theater. Mm -hmm. I think anything else you want to cover?
1: No, I don't think so. I just, uh, you know. hope that somehow maybe going through some of these things brings back some pleasant memories for people. Hopefully I can be a part of some of that pleasantness. And then my big desire is that I can continue to catch up with people and more than just a hi, how are you? And then go back about another 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe, you know, whether it's a, a thing with Ruiz, or maybe it's just a dinner with you and Tom and Eric, you know, that'd be great. It doesn't matter to me. I would really love to just catch up with people and I'm able to do that and follow what they're doing. You know, typically a lot of what I'm seeing on social media has to do with, you know, political stances or something along those lines, those lines. And, whether we're on the same page or not on the same page or whatever it is there, who cares? Because it all comes back to that relationship. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I have nothing but the fondest of memories of all those students. I mean, I really can't think of even the kid that gave me the most trouble and he knows who he is. And <laughs> so do I, I still enjoyed so yeah, much, yeah. you know, and I actually had a conversation with him via social media, about four months ago and we wow. re- reconnected and he was like man I really apologize I was really a kind of a you know and I was like yeah you you were but I think I was the same guy <laughs> you know what I mean so it, yeah, yeah. I it was just I, I just I've yeah. come to appreciate that and relish that at this point mm-hmm. this stage of my life to where I want to I want to catch up and it's it's yeah. not it's not about me or my story i want to know what your story yeah. is now you
0: know? and it's kind of stuff Well, you came into it so young that it's almost like it's that line between friends and you know the teacher i mean i think that respect was definitely there from the students but at times that can when those lines are blurred that can be kind of tough when yeah. you have to step into that that authoritarian role
1: yeah um i i i I mean, when you think about it, I was 22 and I was working with some kids that were 19 at that time, you know, um, and I still had so much to learn and, and all those kind of things. But, um, people gave me the opportunity, like you said, there was a mutual respect and I think people understood that line of being cool versus you have a position and Mm -hmm. a a, a role that you have to perform. Yeah, yeah and taking that That responsibility. I didn't, I didn't take that any less than I did wanting to hang out, but you know, but it's so different being a theater teacher and what my (laughs) relationship with you got to be versus being a language arts instructor and the confines of the time you spent with them or in science or whatever versus theater. Those are completely different. And so to be able to have the relationship, we were, able to build with that common thread. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's pretty special. That's
0: amazing. Well, definitely, you know, those who will listen to this, I'm sure connected to you on social media or you can give me links. I can put whatever you want to on the link for this show. If, uh, yeah. you know, for people to reach out to you, but looking at it and thinking about it and really reading those posts and, uh, it, it kind of, and I know you being the humble guy, uh, but I'm reading those posts and how, what you just said here, with combining all these different groups and connecting with all these different groups you know having the football players come out and you know so many people were like I never had theater but uh you would talk to me in the cafeteria and just reaching out and being that guy and yeah. and being an edu- educator you know ask people what you know what their legacy is and and these students are definitely your legacy and I don't use this term lightly but looking you know you are a legend and, you know, from, from the Hayeswood central, I mean, so many people that even never had you as a teacher would be Mr. Barry, that guy was pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that, uh, you know, when I, when I speak, you know, it comes from the heart and, uh, you know, I definitely looking at those posts, I said, yeah, abs, that, that's the right word.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that. Very kind of you to say.
0: So, well, so thanks for taking some time. It's good to, you know, I'm looking forward to hanging out a little longer. And Absolutely.
1: Uh, we'll get some dinner here in a minute, yeah. maybe go on a boat ride. Yeah,
0: and thanks for everything you've done. Uh, you know, much love to you. And um, we'll continue this relationship and, I hope and so. talking music, and we'll have to go to a show.
1: We'll do it. We'll make it happen.